You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. All right, everybody. It is Phoenix 2.5 FM. This is the Wrestling Rewind. Welcome back to our first show of 2022. That feels weird to say, but uh, we'll get used to it, sure. My name is Daryl Connor, and I'm joined on the line by my co-host, Martin Herty. How are you, Martin? What is the crack, Dara? We're back, and we're back with a bang. Possibly, maybe the most ridiculous WCW pay-per-view. Certainly top fifty. You, you know how I knew we were in for like a bad time, or at least well, I don't know, it wasn't bad. I was, I was horribly entertained. The actual, uh, the promotional poster with Buff Bagwell. Oh, I was like, well, we are in for something here. All right. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Dar, a promotional poster with Buff Bagwell is enough to make it miss a good old opener with the cat and Disco Inferno. Oh, man. No Disco Inferno on the show, which was sad. No or Disco. Cat. No cat. It, there's actually, there's a very marked difference. So we've taken a bit of a jump ahead here. We have. Just to start the new year off with a bit of a... Not so much a bang as a, a damp squib, but <laughs> just to, to change it up. But there's a very marked change from where we were in 1999 yes. to oh, the depths of 2000. It's a very different show. It's a very, very, very different show. Um, like, I don't know. We will get into it in, in graphic, grotesque <laughs> detail. Uh, Pornographic detail. <laughs> Uh, I did actually watch it like today because I like I want this extremely fresh in my mind because um, it is one of those shows that you're like, yeah, this is this is something all right. Um, and I, look, I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it because I actually enjoyed a lot of it. But oh, we will we'll get into it. But the promotional poster, folks, if you haven't seen it yet, um, it, it's basically Buff Bagwell doing his best Derek Zoolander impression. Um, and it's, it's something else. All right. You know, but uh, here's say, the thing. this show, say, uh, Jeff Jarrett broke a thousand guitars, never sold a ticket. I don't know what they say about Buff Bagwell. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, to put it into context, usually when we do these shows, I like to go to Wikipedia just to kind of just to see what's there. And there's very it's like one or two sentences usually about <laughs> the show, right? It happened. <laughs> exactly, it happened, and here's the results. This show actually has. A proper write-up. That's how infamous the show is. So it's as bad as they say it is, but it also isn't that bad in certain ways. But we will get to it uh, after we cover a bit of news, um, because like while we've been away, a lot of stuff has kind of happened. We did our best of year show, 
with uh, James True Penny, which will be up soon again. I still haven't got a computer. Uh, I'm waiting for the better part of two months for my computer situation to be resolved. And we're no closer to it being resolved, but no longer lives in It's a good show, though, folks. It's it's well worth waiting for. It's a a very good show, yeah. It's even better coming like uh, maybe towards the end of January because New Year, you have this deluge of best movies, best matches, best whatever. So, you know, you'll a wee bit of a break and we'll tell you our best of in late January. But you know what is interesting though about it? Because I was um, I was looking over the Pro Wrestling intra- uh, Illustrated Best of picks. A lot of our picks are actually pretty on point. Well, I think what they did was they heard the recording. Yes, somehow. They recognized that we're deeply influential people. Um, you know, you're a red belt. I'm former Bard of Armagh. And they obviously uh, took that on board. And then they somehow hacked my computer. Well, even you would admit yeah. that your current setup is not the most sophisticated. Exactly. It's, it's not the most secure in the world. It's not so, yeah, exactly. So Dara that's is currently do. recording everything on an Atari 64. Exactly. Or two pigeons that run back and forward. <laughs> and that's two pigeons with, a, with a, a copper coil between exactly. them. Exactly. It's not the best one. Basically, guys, we need money. So please give us money. If, if you would, that'd be great. Uh <laughs> no seriously like it is it is really annoying that i still haven't got my computer fixed or not fixed like i'm gonna buy a new one and it's just it's not happening so hopefully it'll be resolved soon and that's the that's the dip in audio quality recently guys if, if you're hearing it, i apologize there's literally nothing i can do about it um desktops eventually just give up <laughs> just mine just basically blew up and i'm like oh there we this go. is all being recorded on a gramophone, and yeah. then the gramophone is played to a tape player, and then the cassette is taken to a, a CD burner, and then the CD burner is flung into the Liffey. This is like very close to reality. This is <laughs> <laughs> basically what I'm trying to do is to do it is kind of annoying. But look, we'll get there eventually. It's just bear with us. But no, with the the actual I actually managed to get all the shows that we did over Christmas. And uh, they're all going to be going up relatively soon. And um, then we should be fine. But, yeah, our picks are pretty good. And it's a great show. It was great to have James on. Uh, obviously, Dave was there in spirit as well. So his picks. and I think oh, Yeah, Dave. so it was it was good to have everybody kind of there, you know. But, yeah, no, Dave, hopefully we'll be on the show a little bit more this year. Um, we're going to try well, bullying. We have, we have plans to... to what would you say, emotionally blackmail Dave on to the next couple of shows? Exactly, because we are getting into the Royal Rumble season, and obviously the Royal Rumble is an excuse for us to go back and look at really good Rumbles, and also stuff that we want to watch from that time period, but also we're going to watch the Rumble, because even no matter how, like the WWE is probably the worst has ever been, and we're still going to watch the Rumble. Yeah. But I don't know how they're going to do the Rumble. They haven't got anyone left. <laughs> well, they, they, well, they're doing it by bringing in half of Impact. Yeah, well, that's well. This is also another reason to watch yeah. the Rumble because Impact's great. Well, well I'll tell you what. I think, honest to God, it's maybe not the best, but it's certainly the the gimmick match with the most longevity. It's it's the gimmick match that I don't mind that I actually look forward to every year. Like when hmm. they made Hell in a Cell a yearly thing, turned me that, off. That was the uh, death of that whole concept. Yeah, uh, even. Even Money in the Bank is iffy. Extreme yeah. Rules, load of bollocks. But the Royal Rumble every year, that is a gimmick match. Well, I, Even I, in WWE's current state that I look forward to. 
the thing about the Royal Rumble is, like, even though they did it in Saudi Arabia, the greatest Royal Rumble or stuff like that, it still didn't damage the concept. Battle Royals aren't that. It's just because it has that, it's that specific thing where it's used in such a way to set up the entire year and also to... Well, uh, to, to set up the run to WrestleMania. The exactly. entire year is a bit much. Well, no, well, it kind of is because, like, the road, the road to WrestleMania and then there's the, the fallout from WrestleMania and then by that's over, you're going into SummerSlam. WrestleMania backlash. I hate that so much. <laughs> I hate it so much. And I'll tell you this now, the only reason that the greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia didn't ruin the Royal Rumble was because Titus O'Neil coped and slipped under the ring. But even still, like, you know, if they started doing the Rumble match randomly throughout the year, and I know people say well, that's what they did in Saudi Arabia. I'm like, listen, they give them so much money that I'm I'm convinced, like, I'm shocked they haven't tried to dig up, you know, Andre the Giant yet and said, look, he's still there. <laughs> Stuff him, go. Put, uh, put the big show on a leotard. <laughs> exactly. Um, but look, it it's great. It's always a, it's always a good time. Sometimes the, the the rumble isn't great, but just the experience of it live is is good. And you know, if if stuff works as far as like if I can get um if I can get my rig set up, we'll stream again live. But uh, if not, we'll just do the show like normal. But we are going to try. Tell get you Dave. what, here's what we're going to do. Go on. If Dara can get his computer up and running. What we will do is we will set up a ring and we will review the Royal Rumble while we try and throw each other out over the top rope of a wrestling ring. Do you know anyone in wrestling ring in, in near Dublin? I uh, I know people who have a, an MMA cage and it's slightly higher than a rope, but I'd say I could get you up. <laughs> it's fair. Actually, it, it, there is a, a new wrestling school that opened up uh in dublin so we actually could could possibly do that but anyway so what's that you have ott fight factory and yeah there's a new one that opened up there on ossery road um so that's up in the on the docklands in dublin for mm. anyone who, who knows what that is they randomly it used to be a, a russian a russian wrestling school now it's a professional wrestling school so it used to be a russian wrestling school yeah, yeah, because it's up by up where we uh, practice with the band, and a lot of the, you know, you just walk what's, by and what's Russian wrestling? Lots of burly rest, uh, Russian lads battering each other. Is this it, 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 is it this a whole like, whole class of uh, Walters and Eddie Kingston's? None it, of them who know it, it's not real. No, I think it was Salat. <laughs> so you know the Salat um, fighting style, and they literally like just it was like yeah. Don't go in there, it'll probably kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's, it's all of a sudden it just changed to like a professional wrestling school and there's loads of like lads walking out going, I'm a wrestler. And you're like, all right, cool. Fair enough. Yeah, go, oh, are you? How it, many times have you put up the ring? <laughs> no, but I mean like they're a lot more like friendly than the yeah. Russian, you know, mafia lad. You. It'd kill you. It's a different vibe of the place. Different vibe of the place. You know? Having done it, I don't care if you can do a 450 splash unless you know how to put the ring up. You're not a wrestler. That's a fair. That's a fair point. I'll, I'll mention it to them next time I'm there. I'll be like, "Hey, <laughs> who can put up the ring?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I guess we could we could ask them. But um, no, in all seriousness, like it's our our technical issues are not resolved. I thought they would be, but it's annoying. But anyway. you know what, Dara? 
Yes. We're not the only one with technical issues that are not resolved because it is time for your weekly WWE, WWE is being sold because I'm they have you. released they have yet no left. They another have bunch of wrestlers. They have nobody left. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, I'll, I'll hold on a minute. I'll just adjust my microphone there professionally, like the professionals we are. Um, Dara yeah, has te- moved it six feet away because of how much he's about to shout. I'm going to hit it. Uh, look, nothing is going to convince me otherwise. They are getting ready to sell this. And it just, it's more... Look, I, I think they're getting ready to fire Triple H. Oh, well, the whole uh, NXT purge was all his... Literally, it was, <laughs> wasn't even all like... Triple H around. Like, everyone, it just, wasn't like, even subtle. It no, was all everybody. his people. It's just like, you know, and then they're going to fire Shawn Michaels, which is wild. It's like, are you, what are you I, doing? I just, and I'm telling you, I hate WWE so much. Not like a tribe, not like a tribal thing, but because of their business practices, because of the way they treat staff. But I have got to tell you, Vince McMahon firing Shawn Michaels. Oh, that does something for me. <laughs> but here's the thing. It, I don't know. Is it because he's not the boy toy anymore? That he's just like, he does, you know, is that why he's going to fire him now instead of well, look, a serious, being a jerk? Like an in-depth investigation needs to be done into the 1990s in which Vince McMahon was firing everybody for looking at him wrong. But Shawn Michaels was engaging in the most abhorrent behavior. This is what I mean. I'm like, you didn't fire him when he was being a, you know, a, a horrendous person. But you, you're going to fire him now when he's yeah not. <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit much. What? But Why? look, look, there, there obviously was something going on there. I'm, you know, no, no, no shade, no shame, obviously. But like, no shame. There was it's something. There was something going on there. Absolutely, perfectly yeah. normal and natural and absolutely beautiful. To have well, a lover, and we should all be so lucky to have a lover. So no, fair play to Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels. But no, but not when it's not, not when it's propping up horrible behaviour, which is what it was. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I look. I, I feel bad for. I feel bad for everyone who got. I feel bad for anyone who gets fired. To be fair, I feel but, bad for William Regal. He didn't do anything wrong. He was awesome. <laughs> he was awesome as a wrestler. He was awesome as a manager. I have you know no what doubt he, no, that you know you know what he did wrong. Didn't he was on NXT and was there when Triple H was running it? That's what he did wrong. But that's but that's all of the firings. If you yeah. look at them all, it's Triple H, it's Road Dog, it's uh bloody Timothy Thatcher. You know Road Dog though, right? Road Dog deserves this. And oh, I, he I, is an asshole. I, he yeah. became one. It's like, I didn't think he was, but he became one. And particularly his comments about certain people who were like, dude, you have to really, you should really be careful what you're saying. And then a bit of in the ass. It's like, there you go. That's yeah. what you get. You know? No, and I'm not making comment on any of their uh, uh, morality or character. I'm just saying that this was a triple H purge. It was, yeah. And I, I do think, uh, like, again, I think WWE is getting to streamlined to be sold to the highest bidder. Um, but and before that happens, I can see Triple H being let go. I think genuinely Vince is about genuinely. to fire fire Triple H yeah. as as his daughter's wife. <laughs> Stephanie I, won't even get a say in it. Vince no. is just going to fire Triple no, I, H as his son-in-law. 
<laughs> Look, I don't even think Stephanie has a, a say in anything. I, to be fair, dude, I don't think Vince has a say in this. I think this is your man Khan, not Tony Khan, the other Khan, the guy who's in WWE. Um, yeah, because he is he's stripping the place. He's basically pulling the copper wire out of the building. Like yeah. that's what he's doing. He's, like, he's stripping it. He's, he's a, stripping it like. Joyless, soulless, capitalist. He doesn't know what wrestling is. No, he doesn't, he doesn't care. know what entertainment is. He doesn't, he doesn't care. know what morality is. He doesn't care. He is just stripping yeah. that. And I can't. I cannot remember his name. I know he's the other con that's in wrestling, and yeah. he and he is just stripping that place. Can't. <laughs> well, dude. On the <laughs> one hand, you don't have to censor that. On the one hand, WWE is making more money than it ever has. It's more profitable than it ever. It is yeah. making record profits, but. When this you see this now with the rumble, like they have to go to Impact and be like, "Here, lads, who wants to, who wants to fall around a little bit in the ring, you know, (laughs) for a payday?" It's it's crazy, and I can see him forcing his way out, and that'll be it. I think it just comes down to whatever type of person you are. If you ran a studio, would you rather make the best movies or make the most money? And it's not like, by the way, that the alternative. Like the two questions are: Would you rather make mutually exclusive, yeah, yeah, and be penniless? Like yeah. WWE could make the best wrestling and just make slightly less money, still, <laughs> still billions, just slightly less. Um, or they can make the most money and have a dramatically inferior product. But the product is atrocious. Like it is, it's, it's unwatchable. It's, it's it no, it's genuinely unwatchable. Like. There is not a money amount on the planet that would get me to watch wrestling. It is wrestling every sheer, week Can't sheer nostalgia Terrible. that is bringing us back to the Royal Rumble. That's it. And, and the same with WrestleMania and the same and with... The same with, Mania. With, yeah, and then when you go to, to the Saudi shows, that kind of is WrestleMania too. Um, but even still, like, man, it's it's genuinely unwatchable. Like, and anyone who watches it now, you know what? I'm like, fair play, lads. Yeah. I couldn't do it. We have a great time doing this show because we watched stuff from 20 years ago and it's a great time, even when it's bad, because, you know, it's still a great time. Just there's not one person on that roster who you're going, you know what? They're great. Well, Reigns is actually pretty good, but they've they've ruined they've ruined their, all their characters to just an extent that you're like, what's the, what's the point? You know, well, the, the thing is, like, I, 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 I don't watch it, so I don't really know, but I've never been a fan of Reigns. And I know, but the the king of the the king the few, of the table thing is pretty good, man. Well, the few times I've watched that, he's been big into these bloody monologuing his way through matches and mm. this this constant like you know hitting a punch and then hey I tell you what I'm gonna do, you know yeah plotting yeah. out the storyline for you. But sure, look, like I say, I don't watch the product weekly. Maybe he's brilliant. And but Brock what I as will, well. Like what uh, I will say is Face that Brock is amazing. To be fair. What I will say is that they have built Reigns up. Great. A lot of people are obviously very happy with him. Who the hell takes over? Nobody. Who are the Who are they nobody. building to topple Reigns? Like, they, they have nobody out. Like they have um, Face Brock, which is to be fair hilarious. Face Brock is just it's like a different person. It's so weird to actually see him. Um, how long is he going to be about for? I don't know. Look. I'd, uh, this is why I'm saying to you, man, the, the, and uh, like a broken record, but I'll say it, WWE, to, to anybody looking ahead, they're building this up as a brand, the WWE brand, that they can just pop in whoever it is, faceless whoever, 
face this male, face this female, run it. People are going to watch it, and that's it. And I, I just, I cannot see this being a separate company for very much longer. I, it just, and the minute they get Triple H out, that's it. Now, the plus side of that is Triple H goes over to AEW. I'll watch AEW then. And then they give him all the belts and it'll be fine. They fire Cody. <laughs> problem solved. Uh, or he Triple goes H comes to AEW. He has to sit in the throne that Cody <laughs> exactly. smashed. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And then I'm all about it. I'll show up next week with an AEW shirt and everything. <laughs> oh, man. No, but I, I, I do, you know, that would be wild. You know, Triple H starts his own company or goes to Impact or goes to AEW. Because, look, to be fair, you know, that's what would probably happen. Um, it's just it's just crazy. Like, no one's going to sit here and tell me that they're not going to sell WWE because that's exactly what they're building towards. They're 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 stripping it, all the copper wire out of the building, making it as lean as possible. And that's it, you know? It, it sucks, but... They are. That's what's happening, you know. Look, I'm I'm not as oil. confident as you are in the uh, in the sale analysis, but I'm a hundred percent with you in terms of the stripping the copper wire out of the place. Like, I just don't know why else you do it. What if they? I just what don't if know they why else you do it? Like, it's they're making... a wrestling company with no wrestlers. Yeah, it's, it's it's like it's like you know when you heard in America that they ran out of chicken in KFC. It's like you're KFC. <laughs> you sell chicken. Yeah. <laughs> what tucked, else are you gonna do? <laughs> they took their hottest. Hottest uh, brand, yeah, and killed it, and took it out behind the Titan Towers and shot it. Yeah, like it wasn't AEW didn't kill NXT. NXT could have happily gone on for the next ten years on Tuesdays. It was WWE killed NXT. If look, if WWE had just got rid of SmackDown or Raw and put NXT on that time, that would have been it. Would have been fine. Probably yeah. would have actually continued on. The only reason why they lost against AEW is because AEW is legitimately the hottest wrestling show in the world. 100%. And look, this week's episode it. wasn't even particularly... I enjoyed it, but like it, it hasn't ha- gotten... It doesn't have to be amazing. It's just good. Yeah. As I said, I wouldn't consider myself an AEW fan as long as Cody well, Rhodes is there. Well, you've been as saying as, that, but as I... As long as Cody Rhodes is there... I think you're in the closet. No, as long as Katie, Cody Rhodes is there... I just can't do it. They need to fire Cody Rhodes. I bet you if you took that top off, we'd see all of these. The big horrible tattoo. The big horrible (laughs) neck. That's the worst tattoo in the history of the world. I don't know who said that was a good idea. What are you doing? Oh, man. He's such a flute. Um, Anyway, let's get on to to what was a wonderful show. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hop back in our time machine, and I'm very excited to do so. Um because it, it's a wonderful show. <laughs> it's a wonderful show. So we're going back to May 7th, 2000. 22 years ago, we're getting very old. Martin, we're getting very old. Um, and this was from... Speak for yourself. <laughs> well, I remember this show, so, you know. Um, and I remember vividly as well, which is the worst part. Um, but you... Kansas- had Sky TV then because I did have Sky TV then. The yeah. only thing I I remember this show, but I only remember it from the pictures of Canyon being hoofed off the cell in WCW magazine, and it is literally only last week when I watched it. That's the first time I got to actually see this show live. No well, way! Not live, but you know what I mean. Well, yeah, no, like in, in moving. You got to see yeah. <laughs> the show moving, <laughs> not live. 
20 years later. <laughs> Live to you, pre-taped everybody else. Um, but yeah, this is from the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri. And it's, it's only been on the W Network since 2014, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, well, right. part of the reason might be that there is a certain level of controversy around this show. For in, a bunch of reasons, actually. Yeah, so in and I think the main one is that uh, towards the end of the show, there's a, a stunt in which one wrestler is thrown off a pretty high structure. And this is the first wrestling match or the first wrestling show that the Kemper Arena had since the uh, tragic death of Owen Hart. Really? It's the same arena, is it? It's the exact same arena. Owen Hart fell from that roof into that ring and died. And they didn't host a wrestling show for two years. And the first show they did host was Slamboree. And the first thing WCW did was throw someone off the top of a three-tiered cage. Well, okay. Um, (laughs) Probably not the best look, WCW, but they had bigger problems than that. And it was, oh, yeah. And that is not saying to be insensitive. That is no, saying no. this show was a train wreck. Well, and, I show... don't th- and I don't even think they knew they were going to do that on this show because this show had no plan. It was a train wreck from well, this show, start the o- to finish. The only, good, the only good thing about this show, this train wreck, as you accurately describe it, being in the Kemper Arena, is that uh, the Kemper Arena is a 19,000-seater arena, but mm. they only managed to get 6,000 people into it. And I don't think they were paid. I think I don't think they paid. I think that, that was too, I think that was papered. I haven't looked that up. That is a random, wild speculation, <laughs> but I think it's an accurate one. <laughs> you know, okay, right, so... Uh, I how many? Sat, t- uh, tell you what, take take a guess. Uh, Pay per view buys. Three t- oh, sorry, pay per view buys. Um, I don't have numbers in front of me. I blah. no, no, Jan- Jan- take a, take a while you guess. Probably a hundred, eighty thousand. Sixty five. No, what? Sixty five. Oh man, I thought he would have got at least eighty thousand. I thought Slambury was like a maybe not an A pay per view. But definitely like a B plus, not like a hot wild. Well, think about it. They had you know the big gimmick of the triple cage match. They yeah. had they were doing the big new blood rising kind of thing. Yeah. A lot had of this, <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of this show was kind of paying off storylines that they were building. So that really shocks me. But then again, when you're watching, you know what? Right. So straight away, you know what they really needed. They re- and you really would have benefited from it. The, the show starts, right? And it's these, like, flashbacks. <laughs> it's no context flashbacks to, like, last week on, on Nitro. Last week on... T- and you're like, okay. And it's just random flashbacks to set up. They should have had, like, a video package where someone go, You know the WDB video packages that they had at the exact same time? Yeah. They should have just done that where they told you the storylines. Instead, it's, like, random clips from Nitro and Thunder to be, like... We have this and that, and you're like, what is going on? What, why are you... T-? There's no one explaining any of this. Maybe um, maybe I've also been spoiled by... Uh, you know, AEW has the uh, one pay-per-view every three months. Mm. And whenever they build this up, it's a genuine build. Yeah. So whenever they do, like, flashbacks of how the story built on Dynamite, it's like this happened in January and then these two guys killed each other in February and then whatever happened in March and now we're at revolution. 
Whereas um, with pay-per-views at the time, both WCW and WWF, they were running like 14, 15 pay-per-views a year. So they were going, oh, and the build to this pay-per-view took place last two, week. two weeks ago. No, yeah. in this case, it was two days ago. Exactly. They built the whole show in two days and it's just like... <laughs> Uh, it's but a not in a good, not in a good CM Punk Eddie Kingston way. <laughs> no, it was like random brawls that weren't brawls, and then Eric Bischoff holding the bat, and you're like, okay, this is a bit much. <laughs> but look, so that was how the show started, and I'm like, oh boy, we are, we're in for, we're in for something. Well, I'll tell you what, Dara. As soon as the show started, we knew we were in for something because we saw Sonny. Was- Worse before we even. I no, can't around, believe we saw. So I thought I told. I was like, "Oh my god, that's Sunny!" <laughs> around about the around about the same time as we saw Sunny. Um. So I can't remember who who is the uh, announcer you love. Um. I, other other than Tony Giovanni. Yes. Okay, so Tony Giovanni was there, but yep. they uh, they had um Mike Tenay in the back. Mike Tenay backstage. Yeah. yeah. So instead so, of having him on the, they had someone else. Scott Hudson. On, and Mark Bannon. They had Scott Hudson. He's terrible. He's and he so terrible. said, as um, as Chris Candido came out with... Uh, Tammy. His, Tammy. No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, Chris Candido. Yeah, yeah. Tam- Tammy's and, um, yeah, Sonny, the same person. And his opponent came out with... Um, Paisley. Paisley. That's that's a tough one to reconcile it, when you're... It is, yeah. <laughs> it is, I can imagine. I, when I heard it, I was like... <laughs> Aaron's not gonna like that. <laughs> Never. <laughs> um, but uh, as as they came out, he said, "This is what WCW is all about: hot action and yep. hot tramps." Yep. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, if that isn't 2000 WCW is summed up in a sentence." But Tony Giovanni was like, "I disagree with your choice." No, Tony Giovanni and Mark Madden were like, "I yeah. disagree with your choice of words." Because Tony and Giovanni. Is a reasonable, rational human. It was so awkward and horrible. It was like, yeah. you're referring to women that way. What is wrong with you? It was <laughs> such a blatant attempt to... Uh, Be Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> to hold on to the attitude era. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. so... Like, look. It was so forced. And you know what was bad, right? We've, we've talked about this. On WCW, they don't do that. That's what WWE did. That was Jerry King Lawler when I, I'm still convinced yeah. he's not cancelled. Like, come on, Twitter. There you go. Go for it. You know? <laughs> like, but, but what's... What do you do? Tell me, Dara, what's the difference between this WCW show and the WCW shows ah, we've been watching Vince previously? Russo. There we go, comrade. Oh, there we go. Very good. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That makes sense. Okay, maybe d- don't go after Jerry King Lawler. Vince Russo, though. Probably should, yeah. <laughs> I mean, go after Jerry anyway. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know how he survives. I, the minute Twitter find, watch all that shit, there, man, they're gonna lose their collective minds. Um, <laughs> it's the hive mind just explodes. What happened? Oh, they find, they finally discovered WWE in the nineties. Here's, here's what I will say about um, risque or attitude wrestling. If you're gonna do attitude wrestling, yeah, do attitude wrestling. Yeah. Don't have to do it. So Tammy yes. said, Sonny came out in her robe and then she's like, this is the show me state. So I'm going to show you. And she took her robe off and she and was wearing, wearing like, a dress. It wasn't like a, 
it wasn't anything you wouldn't see a girl on a average night out in a nightclub wearing, right? Literally, yeah. It was just like a, a silver nightclub dress. She had underneath it. But she had underneath it these granny panties and a sports bra. Like, you could see the underwear coming up underneath the, the actual clothing. Right? That's fair enough. I mean, I would want to be comfortable. But the whole point of this match was that at the end of it, the artist and Paisley tore Sonny's clothes off. And then Sonny was like, oh, and covered herself up, even though the clothes were, the underwear was covering the exact same amount of flesh that the clothes had been covering. So just uh, kayfabe, it just didn't make sense to me. It was not a good match either. The match was, and I know. I look. I uh, Chris Candino actually was pretty good. I liked the I liked the gimmick that he had. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I I thought actually his pairing with Sonny was actually quite inspired. The artist is not good. Um, I mean, and there were no really good spots in this match. The match itself was. You know what it was. You're right. It was a Vince Russo booked match, and it, you could feel that it was a Vince Russo booked match because there was no storytelling in it. They they went for the cheap, the cheap, and I mean cheap, uh, heat moments, and then obviously doing what they did with Sonny and Paisley, it was like. But here's great. here's the thing, Darren. Seen this, yeah. Me and you are used to watching, even just the dregs of the the worst that WCW has to offer, but it has always had a banging opener from the cruiserweights. Yeah, and this was always, it. and like, this was. A cruiserweight opener between two guys who are not. Chris Candido is not. A, I am more of a cruiserweight than Chris Candido. He said with his belly balancing on his knees. You know, like. Well, look, we we've we've went from seeing Billy Kidman and Eddie Guerrero tear it up to this to this, and it's like <laughs> Billy Kidman's on the show and he's wrestling Hulk Hogan in probably one of the worst matches in human history. God, we'll get to that. And it's like, what are you? Billy, go back. <laughs> go back and save the cruiserweight division. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, man. But look, so that was the opener. And it left a bad taste in my mouth because I'm like, this is... I, I, it took me a while to get over the, the, the Scott Hudson call. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I was like, this it is horrendous. Grotesque, wasn't it? Oh, it and was I, just... It, it was so, like, look, we're not... We're not prudes and we're not, you know... Cross- I'm a big, boorish, ignorant frigger. Well, you but know, I mean, like, but I mean, like it just came out of nowhere, and it was so completely unnecessary, completely unnecessary. And it's like, this is disgusting way to talk about women. It's like, yeah, you know, it really one thing is horrible. Jr. Horrible. says, like when the bunny is being a heel, yeah. and she sneaks around and she punches like uh, Chris Statlander in Tor- the face, but and Tori Jr. Was- goes, she's a goddamn harlot. Or Jezebel, you know, with Corey Wilson in, yeah. uh, in uh, with, with Kane and stuff like that. It fit in. The difference between that yeah, and yeah. hot tramps. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just horrible, like grotesque and vile. You know, it really is. But anyway, um, I enjoyed the next 10 minutes. I'm not going to lie. And I know I shouldn't. And I know it wasn't a good thing, but I enjoyed it. Well, so, I'm telling you, I... And I miss Dave all the time, but I certainly miss Dave now. I would love to have Dave's take on this because oh, Dave would have loved exactly this. Exactly his type of is, nonsense. This is Dave all over, like. So it opened with Terry Funk going to the Jacks, looking for Norman, <laughs> and he screams, 
I'm gonna get you. You stop your passing them around. <laughs> and there's some lad standing in the jacks, and it's not Norman Smiley. And Norman Smiley has got a motorcycle helmet. He has a motorcycle helmet helmet on. And then Norman Smiley hits him with a fire extinguisher and starts spraying him with the fire extinguisher, and they they fall out of the bathroom. And then it's a backstage brawl, and we find out it's for the WCW Hardcore Championship, which didn't exist a year ago, but does now. Um. And now it's like, oh, wait, did it? No, it did exist, didn't it? But no, it didn't exist, but he had hardcore matches and then he made it a division. That is true. So they created it as a direct reaction, a direct copy of oh. the WWF hardcore title. Yeah. Well, I don't think it has the lineage. I think it only was big. Well, it was in 19. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was uh, only created in like mid 1999. So, 80, yeah, it, yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. If even mid 99. Yeah. Yeah, July 11th. There you go. So it doesn't even have like the lineage of the good matches that we would that we talked about with Hack and stuff like that. It was literally, I think Norman Smiley was the first guy to hold it, which says everything about your belt. If Norman Smiley is the first guy holding your belt, you probably don't need a belt. And it's mad now when we think back on those like genuinely halcyon brilliant. days of no, great but those genuinely murderous matches between like Hack and Brian Nobbs and the like for nothing. <laughs> that's it. That's, no why I was, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, <laughs> so Hack and Bam Bam Bigelow nearly killed each other. Yeah. Every month. For when nothing. we were watching them, I just assumed there was a hardcore title somewhere in the... And that's what I was thinking too. That's why I went back to check. I'm like, Is... no. No, they just did it. So, they're, so they're just on. doing it because they hate beans. So, so, so Bam Bam Bigelow drove Hack through a, a legit fence for no reason. <laughs> just because, because they hated each other. Okay, and then we have this match, which is supposed to be for the hardcore belt. And the only person that got beaten up a lot was Terry Funk. Terry Funk got this nasty gash on the side of his face. And I don't know where he got it from, but the other two looked fine. It was like, and he did not deserve it for this. No. Oh fiasco oh it was a train wreck and it was, wasn't even like a fun backstage brawl like you can book backstage brawls uh, and the one i would always point to would be road dog doing commentary for big boss man and al snow which happened you know in what? SummerSlam. give me terry funk and norman smiley all day long in a backstage brawl lasting three minutes and yeah. let them take those three minutes and smash the place up. Like so, so this was actually a great brawl. Uh, if it had been condensed into three minutes, it was the fact that it was fifteen minutes long made it unbearable. And he had, um, and, and and it wasn't to get like the brawl itself was to get Ralph's. So Ralph's came back. Yeah, uh, and it was to get Ralph's over. When it got into the ring, actually, it kind of picked up a little bit. It got a little bit better. Uh, do you want your hardcore title matches ending in a roll-up? No, I don't. But <laughs> I thought it was the only point where it became a match. And they did stuff. <laughs> that wasn't just kick, punch, hit, kick, punch, Here, hit. Here's, here's what upset me about it was that um, the anarchy of backstage was better choreographed than the stuff in the ring. So they mm. were falling over like uh, Norman Smiley got thrown into a bunch of scaffolding and the scaffolding fell over and like a lot a lot of these spots were great if they had just been spots in a three minute match yeah it didn't and then need they to be got, 10 minutes or 15 minutes and then minutes. they got out into the ring and it was just botch 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 in the ring and the worst thing is it wasn't even Ralphus botching it was mm. Terry Funk and Norman Smiley botching 
I don't think they planned this match out at all. Uh, and you can kind of tell that. Do no you think one Terry was... went, call it in the ring, brother? <laughs> I think both of them are like, we're going to have a bunch of drinks and then we're going to go out and do this. And then we're going to have more drinks. And that's what happened. Uh, <laughs> because that's why Terry never retired. No, no. I, I Look, I love Terry Funk. He is one of the all time greats, but oh, he should he should not have been your your guy holding up the hardcore division <laughs> in WCW. Or if, if he was going to be your guy holding up the hardcore division in WCW, make it different from the WWF hardcore yeah. division. It was Don't a make it a character. bloody comedy thing. Make yeah. it a murder, plunder, like all Japan exploding ring friggin' death brawl. But they couldn't do that. They couldn't well, do they that because, do because, because of standards and practices. Which is not only the group, but actually yeah. we ran into this problem. You but can't look, have an exploding ring, but you can have hot tramps. <laughs> Says it all, really, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's Scott Hudson. You should feel bad, like legitimately. You should have said no. Don't say these things. Like <laughs> that's now the worst call I've ever heard. And it, up until this point, yeah. Gary the King hell had all of them. Oh, anyway, I'm, tr- I'm genuinely trying to think. I'm trying to think of a worse call. There is. Look, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, there I'll, isn't I'll have a think. I'll have a think between now and next week's show. But off the top of my head, that genuinely just took me aback. It just, it, it took me about legitimately 25 minutes to get over it because I was still in <laughs> shock by the whole thing. I'm like, did that actually happen? Or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so it was just guys if you haven't seen it we're not making a big thing out of it go back watch it it just comes out of nowhere <laughs> it's the most it's casual the most, but violent misogyny i've ever seen it's ever, unbelievable ever and even in tw- even 20 years ago it's still like the, the, like the fact that Shivani stops the show pretty much and Mark Matt and they both kind of stop and you can tell they're just stop and look at him and they're like <laughs> what are you saying <laughs> what are you it's, doing <laughs> it's the fact that it was so casual yeah. that makes it so awful oh, if it had been like really vitriolic you could just dismiss it as like oh he's just a mad misogynist but it was the fact that it was so casual <laughs> so casual it's just like, oh, so this horrible is just what, this is just so what horrible. WCW was like at the time <laughs> Oh my god, it's it's awful. It is. <laughs> it's probably the most one of the most horrendous things I've ever heard. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> like at least to the king, you're like, you know he's gonna say something and you know it's gonna be bad, but it's it's never that bad. Yeah. This was just so elved as the you said. The king is the, yeah. the king is a, a horny toddler. Yeah, literally, yeah, yeah. yeah. Puppies, blah blah blah. Yeah. But this is this was like an, an aggressive creep. Yeah, it's like this. This guy needs to be on a list, like you know. It's like, <laughs> no. I, I don't know if Scott Hudson's like that, but you know, t- dude, seriously, like. But not, you know what? Okay, like, it's like uh, if you have a bowl full of Smarties and ten of them are poisoned, you wouldn't take a handful out of the bowl. I don't know if Scott Hudson's a creep. I would not take the chance. <laughs> Fair play to uh, to Mark Madden though, and uh, and Tony Giovanni for being like. No, like, what are you doing? No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it did, and it, 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 it stuck with me so much that as I was watching, it only kind of like it only wore off when uh, Hugh Morris, or we'll get to what he calls himself in a oh second. Oh my god! And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this is also completely random and horrendous. So look, we'll talk about the next match. Meet Sean Sezak 
against Hurt Hennig, uh, no, Kurt Hennig. And right, so Sean Stadiak, aka Meat, totally forgot Meat was on the show. Meat was his name in WWE before uh, <laughs> Kurt Angle basically retired him from WWE at Survivor Series 99. And then he disappeared. He went back to WCW. And this feud. So look, for anyone who doesn't know, so there was the new Blood Rising versus, uh, what did he call it? The, uh, the Million- Billionaires Club? The Millionaires. This is what just. The new Blood Rising, the young up and coming gays, the Millionaires Club, yeah. the old fellas who wouldn't move on. And the Millionaires Club were the faces, and yeah. the new blood were the heels. Yeah. What in the name of God? Yeah. So basically, the plot here was that, as Martin said, the, the Millionaire Clubs were like, your Sting, your Hulk Hogan, your Ric Flair's. They were like, wanted their spot, basically. And then they had like, their equals or their like, copies or whatever. So Vampiro was Sting's copy. Uh, Ric Flair was fighting Shane Douglas. <laughs> For so some, the, the, you know, this kind of thing. The Millionaires Club was the hot action, yeah. and the New Blood was the hot tramps. <laughs> Literally, that that's kind of what the, by their own definition, by their own definition, that that was what they were doing. And uh, man, yeah, it was it permeated the whole show, permeated the whole company at this point. So Kurt Henning was coming out, and he was like, obviously, Mister Perfect still doing his Mister Perfect gimmick. And Sean Stasiak was also doing Mr. Perfect Gimmick. Yeah, this match made me sad. This match was very upsetting. Uh, Kurt Hennig was way past his prime. And and also he probably was in some serious uh, personal issues at this point. Obviously he'd come back and do the whole Mr. Perfect thing again in WDB for a while. I had some pretty good matches. That was awesome. It was awesome. Um, But this this match made me really sad. Because I, I love... Kurt Hennig so much. I mean, Kurt Hennig. I really like. I really like the NWO stuff too. Oh, Kurt Hennig to me is is like even, he is even one step it, down from Bret Hart. He's stupid. down. He is. It goes Bret Hart, and then you have like Hennig, Benoit, Guerrero. You know, even like, when he was bad, when the product was bad, he was good. Yeah, and it speaks volumes that this was so. But, effing poor do you know what i think this is something that was um uh, endemic on this night i I think everybody in wcw knew that uh it was heading towards the end because a lot of people who are normally good were not good no and i don't know if kurt hennig wasn't good just because he was injured or just because the same as rick flair or the same as a lot of guys in the show he just stopped caring the show, it didn't, it, look, it didn't feel, here's the upsetting thing about being a WCW fan. This is what people think WCW was, and it wasn't. This is what WCW no. became under Vince Russo. Yeah. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's genuinely terrible. Like, the wrestling in a Vince Russo book show is never why you watch a Vince Russo show. But it's why you watch WCW. And they had taken this out and replaced it with... Look, Sean Stasiak is not a good wrestler. He yeah. never was. Kurt, Kurt Angle. And to give him... Get, couldn't give him a good match. perfect gimmick is a is, bloody insult. Oh, it's, it's crazy. But look, this match was eight minutes that I was sad the entire time watching. And then Sean Stasiak won. Well, I'll tell you what. I have literally... I have several notes for all the matches. For this match, all I... I'm going to read it out to you exactly. For this match, all I have is Sean Stasiak versus Kurt Hennig. And then I have, nice to see Kurt 
not hating rappers anymore and and then i just i stroked that out because i i would rather back when he was hating rappers so god this made me sad scott steiner defeated (laughs) the new captain (laughs) thanks for moving on swift direction so this started with a promo where uh Yeah. yeah come on Come on, Dara. Tell the people. Tell the people. Where Hugh Morris... Tell the people about your huge erection. So Hugh Morris Morris came out and said that this was a gimmick given to him by Eric Bischoff and he wanted to use his real name. His real name was Hugh G-Rection. Yes, well done, uh, Bill DeMott, you classless, classless individual. Um, For many reasons... Imagine a this. whole a whole match, a whole feud, a whole promo built around a 14-year-old's pun. Now, here's the thing. I used to give him the benefit of the doubt with this, and then what came out came out, and it's like he probably came up with this. So, it's like, okay. Uh, build him up. I can't believe you had a job with WWE yeah. for as long as you did. <laughs> be honest with you. Um, yeah. The warning signs were there, and this was one of them. So, Scott Sonner at least beat him. And Scott Steiner, look, this is my favorite Scott Steiner, where he's just, he is the genetic freak and he just carrying the whole company on his back. He is, but again, man, this was just another match where nobody gave a shit. No, he spent half not. the match outside the ring, jaw jacking with the crowd. And I mean, like, it's genuinely fun when, you know, Big Papa Pump does that because he's really good at appearing to be genuinely angry. Um, but it's when he intersperses it throughout the match. Half this match was just him walking around the room. He didn't have any. He didn't have anything to work with, man. No. The Demott is not a good wrestler. He never was. No. No, there what? was an impressive tombstone reversal. There was. That was pretty good. I was impressed. That was pretty good. Like I did, yeah. but like, you, and I thought the the moon salt was pretty good. Uh, and I, I thought that was a particularly dangerous move for a man with a huge erection. Yeah, but no, I mean like the with with Steiner, even when it's bad, he can still make it good. But uh, the worrying side, it was the same problem with uh, with Hennig. It was like he's in there trying to work a match with someone who is not yeah. as competent as he is. Yeah, and uh, and there's no re- and he doesn't care. Now, to be fair, the U.S. belt, the U.S. belt is made for Scott Steiner. He just looks great with it. Um, oh yeah, and the U.S. actually the U.S. belt is one of the most attractive belts. Uh, in wrestling, in my opinion, it's actually genuine. Really, yeah, genuinely looks to, like has prestige. Uh, not, prestige. To, not to pull us off course, but my God, um, hasn't the WWE done a, a terrible disservice to the prestige of its uh, all the belts? Everyone, ma- do you yeah. remember like when um, when Brett and Mr. Perfect fought for the uh, Intercontinental title, and it yeah. was like the Intercontinental title was the it was almost like more prestigious than the world title because it was the workhorse belt, yeah. Yeah, and now it's just a joke. Prop. A joke. Well, look, and people say that belts are props, but I'm like, uh, yeah, to an not. extent, to an extent, but it's also like the prop has to mean something. Like you know, Captain America, That's... for example, Captain America Shield is a prop, but it also means something. That's the whole point. That's why exactly. people want it. You know, it's like. Why else? Yeah. So I don't buy the argument. A belt, you know. a belt is only a prop if you let it be. <clears throat> yeah. Right? 
the AEW world title is not a prop because nobody has let it be. Because well, look, well, Jericho it, did a hell of a job, Mox did a hell of a job, Omega did a hell of a job, and now Hangman is doing a hell of a well, job. Well, here's the Martin, we identified this earlier on, right? We were talking about the WCW hardcore division, right? And yeah. that we we went through some genuinely great matches, and that was for nothing. And then he put a belt in it, and it's literally a prop. It means nothing. Nothing. Means nothing. Like they didn't need it. Yeah, and that's how you can identify someone's prop. Like in WWE, to use your to, to use your your salient point, like most of those belts don't have any value because you know if you take yeah. them away, what's the point? Like compared to AEW, where all the belts actually mean something. You know, it's 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 it, crazy. crazy. And, and I don't say that just because I'm like I'm obviously an AEW fan, but uh, the, part of the reason I'm an AEW fan is because WWE doesn't feel like it has any consequences because the belts don't mean anything. Yeah, nothing means like, anything. I get far more excited over a TNT title match than a Universal. Like what the. Even what's that even mean universe. yeah what's that even mean like you know it's it's there's no and if there's no consequence no one's gonna care you know but um it, it's a shame sorry, US, it's not, sorry, sorry it's to just, drag us off course <laughs> the u.s belt just it looks great scott signer was brilliant it's beautiful isn't it it really is no it genuinely is a beautiful belt and they should have kept that design for longer but look it is what it is what what do you and and again not to drag us off course, but in terms of belts, are you a fan more of um, keeping a belt's lineage by keeping the original design, or not, do you favour like changing it every so often to? Not always. Like I do think certain ones should be changed. So, example, I love the the nineteen ninety nine IUC belt. I hate I hate the, the the vintage one. I really genuinely hate it. Um, vintage intercontinental yeah yeah I don't wait like no it. what do you mean by vintage are you talking about like way back in the 80s no i, I the one gorgeous that you, 90s the, one that everyone loves yeah i don't like that one i like i like the this the tenor one I, I just like it it's nice um the reason why, it, dara i think you're a hot tramp <laughs> no the only reason why i like it is because um i was a big fan of the euro continental run and i I oh, think it, yeah. I thought that was really cool, and it's just it just stuck with me. That I'm like, actually, that belt just looks deadly, you know. But um, they could have actually made a genuinely decent title out of Euro Continental. Yeah, because it made more sense. Um, yeah. but the the European belt was great as well, just as a gimmick. But the belt actually looked deadly as well. Um, I I got so, the the original Euro Unified cha- the Undisputed Championship was deadly. Um. Yeah. And, but I, Isn't I, it mad that they have this litany of beautiful belts and now and they have just, these gaudy W's? Yeah, like, you know, I understand why. Again, it goes back to what I'm saying. They don't want anything looking any way different because they just want the brand. WWE brand. And that's it. And anything that isn't WWE brand, they want to carefully remove and replace so they can just random male, random female. And that's a random random what, female gets belt, random male gets same belt. What to you is the the nicest belt at the moment? Um, well, I actually really like the Impact belt, uh, the World yeah. Belt and the Impact. So it's deadly. It's really nice looking. Um, and to be fair, they had some horrendous belts for so long, but they actually kind of got their act together. Um, the the AEW belt's pretty nice. To be fair, uh, the World Title. Uh, but it's it's not a big pool anymore because there aren't that. I'll tell you what, man, I think uh, on par, and I know you didn't like it, but I think on par with the old Intercontinental title, 
I mm. think the AEW tag team titles are just yeah, gorgeous. they are really nice. Actually, I think the, they're my favorite belt. The women's titles as well actually are pretty good in both Impact and AEW. Um, yeah. Oh, the TBS titles. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it's great. Like, great. It's, I think the, I think the TBS title is actually nicer than the women's belt. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. so. I think the women's belt they originally made very small because it was for Riho. Riho, yeah. And then uh, Nyla Rose won it, and, and Nyla Rose to... is obviously four times the size of Riho, so it looked like a watch on her. <laughs> uh, it's so, like the Brock Lesnar thing, you know, with the with the the Universal the undisputed belt looked deadly on on uh, Brock Lesnar, but didn't look so good on Hogan. You know, it's <laughs> that kind of thing, you know. Like I understand the you know changing up for characters as well. It's pretty cool to do it in that way. But all that's gone. All that kind of fun spontaneity, and it's it's yeah. sad, you know. But it, uh, you really did see an impact, uh, not an impact in uh, WCW here as well, where they were changing stuff out. Even the hardcore belt they had was pretty cool, but it didn't have the charm of the WWE belt, which no. I I think is one of the the best belt designs ever. Like oh my god, I, I love the hardcore belt genuinely. The, my and as much. And you know how many problems I have with WWE. To this day, my heart and soul belongs to the Winged Eagle. Well, look, I, I respect that as well. My favorite world championship is the one that Austin carried around. The Not not the Smoking Skull, the actual, that one that he traded with The Rock. The one after that. the Winged Eagle. Yeah, I love that belt so much. Yeah. It's my favorite belt of all time. It was, um, still, it was a globe. With, but, but, also it wasn't it, a... but also, it's the, it's the one that Triple H held the first, for the first time. Ugh. And I'm just like, oh, love it so much. Brilliant. Triple H hitting sledgehammers with everybody. It's great. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of the Wrestling Rewind here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. If you want the full show, there's two ways you're going to be able to get it. Join us live at 11.30 p.m., 6.30 p.m. Eastern over on the Wrestling Rewind YouTube channel. The WrestlingRewind.com will get you there and you can uh, join the chat and uh, join in on the fun. Also, if you want, you can check us out on the podcast. The podcast um, can be got from our, our channel, Nerd to Know Media. You can subscribe there. Or you can go to the Two Penny channel, uh, or the Two Penny Show channel, and you'll be able to get it there for free, no cost to you. And there's a whole bunch of content there as well. But thank you for checking us out here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. So, wrestling we will. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. You have nothing else to do on a Saturday? Do you like nerd things? Now check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. And then head over to nerdtoknowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media radio network. All right, Martin. So the next match that we have is, oh god, uh, this, this <laughs> is because it's Mike Awesome and Chris Canyon who are two of the best wrestlers of their time period that weren't, you know, in hindsight they're just incredible. And at this time, yeah. and their influence is, is obviously amazing. Mike Awesome, and, being, and even though this match isn't great, there there are elements, yeah. flashes of this. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, what really got me was though before this match started, there was like a like a, a package, like a video package with um 
uh, Awesome and Canyon and Hogan. Yes. And Mike Awesome had put Hogan through two tables and mother of God, I have never seen a man who didn't want to go through a table as much as Hogan. <laughs> yeah, Hogan wasn't a fan of taking bumps. He sandbags. <laughs> He sandbags Awesome, and it's yeah. genuine. Uh, it's a genuine uh, testament to Mike Awesome's strength that he's able to power bomb a guy like Hogan who is sandbagging him. I'm in fought every step of the way as well. Like he, him, he fights him every step of the way, and then even when he's going down, he won't take a clean bump. He's putting the arms out. He's but oh god, it's so hard to watch. Yeah, and and I'm watching this, and I'm so annoyed with how bloody shite Hogan is and the then he comes out a couple of matches later and he's the biggest thing in the world he's the hottest reaction the crowd get uh, I just don't understand people in 2000 I don't understand it either like it's to be fair the internet wasn't a thing as much then and there wasn't so much you know, I, I think he was still had some kind of juice left in the bank, you know, and he was posi- he did position himself as well near the top of the card for some reason. But, you know, it, it was at the detriment of everyone else. And Mike Awesome and Canyon, they should have had a much better match than here. They had, as you said, flashes, elements. It went to a no contest. There was, and it wasn't even a good no contest as well. It was just. It was dreadful ending. It was Nash runs out, and then there's um, a massive big smaz of people trying to help Nash. It was like, no point at this. Like, what? Yeah. What did it was do? It, was Nash the booker at the time? Uh, no, Nash. I think Nash was the booker after this. Okay, because oh, no, sorry, this whole before, pay-per-view, just before, just before this whole pay-per-view was just Nash walking out, looking like the absolute tits. Like every time something happened, Nash would walk out, and everyone would run. Like it happened like two or three times during the whole pay per view, and it made me, made me think maybe this was back when he was the booker. But no, he was book- he, he he was booking it around the time that Mysterio lost his mask. Ah, oh, yeah, Kelsey Breeze. So this so this was um this time period was Vince Russo and uh, and Bischoff trying to work together. Yeah. The 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 thing that got me was it wasn't even a. Bloody! It was a no contest. It wasn't even a DQ, even though no. he clearly came out and hit Mike Awesome. Yeah, it was just, the match was just thrown out. Like it was just like okay, yeah. surely but Chris Canyon should have been disqualified. But this is something that has been a feature of WCW ever since we started reviewing it, and it's been it was more apparent in this show than I've ever seen because from match number one, every single match had either multiple ball shots or multiple mm. shots with weapons right in front of the referee. Yeah. And he just didn't. Yeah. He's, he's a prop. Yeah. Like literally, the, the, like, it's not like in WCW or in Impact. No, sorry, not like ECW or Impact where, you know, it was the, the rules are looser. Yeah. Um. This it, He's just there to count the pinfall. Exactly. And that's it. And so, not even do that sometimes. <laughs> just, just to be, just because it's what you see in wrestling is a referee in the ring, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, like, the thing is that I'm, uh, it's not like I'm a stickler for the rules because I'm some sort of cornet. Uh, no, but like, you expect uh, it. You, you expect it. Like, you know, it's there, like, is, yeah. there is no drama. Without yeah. the rules, there's no drama. Without the. Without the rules, there's no heels to break yeah. the rules. Without yeah. the rules, there's no uh, there's no kickouts. 
you know, to be like last minute drama. Like without the rules, the whole thing just becomes fucking two thousand WCW. <laughs> it's just it's so silly. It's it's so silly. And that's what I'd say, like, you know, it's a shame because these guys had the potential to steal and I you know, I don't use the, the term lightly. They had the term to steal the show. Man, Mike and, Austin, can you? Know, yeah. yeah. And you know what? If this was done now in AEW, well, it kind of is actually because a lot of lads re- <laughs> steal from both these guys or take influence from both these guys and have these phenomenal <laughs> matches. Um, and it's it it's just upsetting, you know. And it was twelve minutes where nothing was achieved. Absolutely nothing. In, in <laughs> fact, it was twelve minutes where rather than nothing being achieved, it it. Uh, it anti-achieved it. It made yeah. you think less of Awesome. Yeah, it made you think true. less of Canyon. That's a very good point. It made uh, Nash the hero of the piece. Yeah, for some reason. <laughs> for some reason. Um, but, but yeah, then look, and the next match was bizarre because it, it featured uh, the whole package. Oh, obviously Lex Luger uh, with Elizabeth and uh, the poster boy of the of the show, Buff Bagwell. <laughs> In a nine-minute match, that uh, that's why everyone was there. That's why everybody was there. Exactly. That's, the, that's why all six thousand people were there in that eighteen thousand seater arena. Uh, they were ready to see buff the stuff, and the girls can't get enough. Um, and it, look, it was it, it was a match. It happened. Uh, I wish it didn't. And <laughs> I was just like, oh god, we're really, really in the in the the. The dregs here, and the match itself. Look, it didn't start well. Vince Russo attack. Sorry, Elizabeth attacked Vince Russo backstage. Um, oh, and, I then, and then hit Bag- Bagwell with the bat. That's how Luger won uh, with his with a torture rock. And then Chuck Palumbo came out for some reason. <sighs> You're it, Luger. You are like an absolute incredible human specimen and you need interference to to beat random interference oh, it's just and as i said look some video packages like a lot a lot pretty much the whole team of this night was the the new blood rising versus the old guard right video packages would have really been good here just to 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 because again there was no right build up to them but there kind of was at the same time and the commentary team was so weak, and it wasn't their fault. Well, it probably was. Um, it probably was um, Scott Hudson's fault. I'm just going to blame Scott Hudson. Uh, <laughs> it probably was his fault. But um, and yeah, the thing no, with, it was just horrible. Horrible. The thing horrible, with the Rising thing was like, like you say, because it didn't have any particular storyline. You were just kind of left to uh, fill in the gaps. Left to kind of guess who yeah. was. A millionaire and who was New Blood Rising. Exactly, oh, yeah. That was the problem maybe, I had the whole night, yeah. At first, okay, maybe at first that seems obvious, like uh, Ric Flair's Millionaire's Club, Billy Kidman is New Blood Rising. But then you have uh, Big Papa Pump, who had his first professional match in 1984. He's suddenly New Blood Rising. You go, yep. what? <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what are the parameters here? What yeah. is... You know, he, obviously he wasn't a millionaire. He was like he was uh, slumming it outside. Spent all <laughs> yeah. he was slumming it in the in the hotel room, and they're living in the high life. You know, 
I would believe that. <laughs> so would I actually. <laughs> it's more legit. It's like, yeah, fair enough. Uh, okay. You need to get to the next match because. Oh, stop. It gets so much worse. <laughs> it uh, gets so much worse. Yeah. The absolute. Oh. The depth. Oh, the depth. So the we, depth. Ha- we had the return of our favorite guy as well. <laughs> we had the return of him. He was back. Looking more lost than ever. <laughs> Just oh my god. When you thought his cheeks couldn't get redder. Oh wow. To be fair, he didn't look like he didn't look like he was going to a Metallica concert this time. No, he looked like he was going to Avril Levine concert. Yeah, he looked so much worse. Oh man. Alright, so Shane Douglas defeated Ric Flair. Uh prior to the match it was announced that Ventruso would interfere uh sorry, it, it was announced if Ventruso would interfere in the match. Flair would get five minutes in the ring with Russo, right? So they built this up through the whole night where they're like, oh, Flair really wants to punch Vince Russo, right? He really wants to beat him up. Dara, yes. you, you only need to go through the storyline here. You do not need to go through the match. The match no. was nothing. The match was literally no. It was, it was there because they expected a match. The whole storyline was, was to we get have, this. We have already spent too much time on the match. <laughs> We're not joking, folks. Literally no. not joking. Literally, it was it was even, that even, bad. Even this sentence is currently spending too much time on the match. And you know what? The fact that they had planted the seeds that the match meant nothing, that it was just this five minute in the ring kind of thing. That's what that's what they built up through the whole night. They mentioned it about three or four times throughout the night. That was what they were building up. Nothing else. The match didn't matter. They could have had a stick in the ring, and <laughs> it would have achieved the same thing. So, during the match, a man wearing a sting mask attacked Flair, which Flair believed to Russo and demanded his five minutes. Luger returned in order to force the mask man into the ring, but Russo attacked Luger from behind while the mask man attacked Flair with a miniature Statue of Liberty for some reason. Yeah, what in the I hell? don't know what that was all about, but that's what he did. Russo demanded the five-minute start, and the mask man revealed himself to be... David Flair. Mother of Jesus. <sighs> yeah. I genuinely, and I don't think I'm look, I'm I'm no wrestling expert, but I think I'm taking a fair stab when I say David Flair is the worst wrestler in history. Look, and that's saying a lot. That's including Garrett Bischoff. That's including you name it. He is. He's just you know what? He's just fun. It's not even that he's a bad wrestler. That's that that can be worked on. That's that part him, of it. it. Well, it, oh, it's a huge part of it. But I mean, he fundamentally doesn't understand wrestling. The man doesn't, which is which is actually unbelievable when your dad is Ric Flair. Right? Yeah. He just fundamentally doesn't understand it. He doesn't get. He always looks lost. It looks like he's just there and he I don't know it's just it's so it's so weird to see just someone who doesn't understand wrestling be in that, wrestling you know it's like when it's Dixie Car- it's like when Dixie Carter was in TNA and I just get Dixie Carter vibes off him but not in like an endearing way in a in a horrific annoying way it's like all the talent got dumped into Charlotte and all, all of it. the all the blonde got dumped into him all of it it's like how are you in Charlotte now I know they're half siblings but i'm like how did charlotte turn out so well and you turn out so bad <laughs> it was like, what happened? I bet, like, look uh, i don't want to start making assumptions in someone's family 
but I bet she hates him. Oh, uh, it's look. I bet she looks down on him like, <sighs> like she wouldn't wipe her arse with his socks. Here's the worst part, though. He held the US Championship and the World Tag Team Championship. Ah! So he's actually like held a few titles. And people are upset that, that uh, Arquette held the world title. Listen, David he didn't want it. Yeah, the whole gimmick was he's like, I don't deserve this. He says it. He's like, I don't deserve this. Here, you guys have it. And he's like, oh no, you're going to be in the ring. So it's like, that was the whole gimmick. And then 20 years later, he goes and have debt matches. It's like, you know what? David Flair, go have some debt matches. <laughs> Redeem yourself. David uh, Flair, go and have one death match. One Nick, <laughs> honest to God death match. With Nick Gage and see what happens. <laughs> oh, man. I'd pay to see that. I'm sorry. I'd pay a lot of money to see that. I really would. God, I hate him so much. Yeah, I, I hate him so much, yeah. <laughs> I hate him so much. I hate anyone. Dara, this is... And, and listeners of uh, Wrestling Rewind, for some reason... There happens to be a disproportionate amount of you in... Is it Utah? Yeah, Utah. We got loads of listeners in Utah. It's weird. Utah. A load of you in Utah. I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know why you're <laughs> listening to Parahallians in Ireland, but you are. Um, we love you. We do. We really appreciate you. But uh, it's imperative that you know... Uh, what is David Flair? What, what is, do you consider that a person? Is it an animal? Is it something you eat? It, like, if, if you uh, woke up one morning with uh, blood on the sheets and you found a David Flair at the end of the bed, would you drown it in a rain barrel? What What is it? Well, look, this will make you feel better, right? So he did make two appearances for WWF during 2002. He was beaten up by The Undertaker on March 4th. And then he right. wrestled The Undertaker on March, on March 14th as part of the build-up for WrestleMania X8. So that's one good thing. You can watch him get battered by The Undertaker. Yeah, I bet The Undertaker was stiff. Oh, yeah, apparently he was, yeah. But, um, yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. So terrible. David Flair is terrible. And I was sad that he was on like, the show. And it made no sense why he was on the show, but he like, was. Generational wrestlers are grand. Look, your dad's bloody. He's not Bruce. Randy Orton. Your dad's Bruce <laughs> That's grand, right? But um, I mean, you still have to be good. That can't be all you coast on. I mean, like we're we're not talking here. Um, we're not talking Cody Rhodes. We're not no. talking um, your man uh, Ted DiBiase. And I know it took a lot for you to acknowledge Cody Rhodes. It did. It took an awful lot. I kind of got sick of my mouth a little bit. It, it, it's it, we're not talking um, Ted DiBiase Jr. We're, no. we're we're literally like someone who does not understand what wrestling is, showing up and being a wrestler. It's it's that it's that poor. He is so incredible. He's he's the worst thing about WCW, and that is Easily. saying a lot. That's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. He's worse than Disco Inferno. He's ah, Disco Inferno is endearing, though. Like, to be fair, I love the fact Disco, Disco Inferno and er- Ernest the Cat Miller just hang out at catering. And if there's a spot, they run out. I think that's great. He's worse than Vince Russo. He's, oh, yeah. worse, he's worse than the hot tramps. <laughs> I mean, he's been bad consistently <laughs> when it was good to now when yeah, it's bad. Exactly. And, and he has maintained that level of shitness yeah. throughout. Terrible. Terrible, man. Just, 
terrible. Well, actually, I don't know if he's a terrible man. Uh, apparently, he's not. But as a wrestler, he's atrocious. And I'm like, and I like to consider myself someone who can separate the art from the artist. Hmm. But I look. But listen, there's only two options. I look at him, and I hate him so much, <laughs> and but so much. <laughs> that there are only two options. He is either the greatest professional wrestler <laughs> and he is working me, brother. Or he oh, is that true. dirty piece of shit. I don't know which it is. I don't know which it is. Look, maybe I'm a huge mark or maybe he's just scum. Listen, here's what we do, ladies and gentlemen. To the people of Utah to decide. Exactly, ladies and gentlemen of the Rewind. Make up your decision. Is he a piece of shit or is he the best wrestler of all time? We don't know. We're going to leave that in your capable hands. because David Flair or Martin Hurty, it's up to you. <laughs> uh, man, when he hit him with the Statue of Liberty, I was like, oh, what? Is, this doesn't even make sense. None of these people are from New York. I don't know why he's hitting them with a statue. They're not yeah, in New York. They're yeah. they're lit. They're literally as far from New York as you could possibly go. Uh, like, it's, it's, like no sense. it's like they're actively trying to uh, just. It's like they're actively trying to just confuse and discombobulate you. And it's like, so AEW goes to. Okay, sometimes AEW even goes too far to make their stories make sense. So they go too far to make stories make sense. And sometimes that the matches, like, kind of, you know, uh, suffer. Because, like, um, you'd love to see, like, a five-star banger. But the story is that, you know, one guy should hammer the other. And you're like, okay, that's fair enough. But this just, it just makes no sense. Right, here's so, the thing. Here's the thing right now. What? We will move on to the next the next match in a second. But here's what they could have done: if the storyline was a job, it could now it could be a job at WWE. WWE is in New York. That's what they call it. And you know, hitting them with Statue of Liberty is saying, "Well, you know, I don't work for them anymore." But that's so pushing it that you're like, "No, I just think they found it and they're like, we'll hit them with it, and that'll be it." But the point is, it was bad. <laughs> It was bad. Well, well look at it. If you wanted to take a jab at the uh, the industry leader, like the the most successful wrestling organization in the world at the time, would you take a jab by putting the worst person you have in the ring? It's Vince Russo. It's possible. He could have thought. He could have thought it was the best thing in the world. Yeah. Do you know what? That is actually a genuinely perfect excuse. In fact, the next time I'm in court and the judge Vince tells Russo booked it. Why did you do that? I go, well, Vince Russo told me. The judge will say, oh, you per man. Vince Russo wanted to swerve you, Your Honor. And you think he did. Whoosh! <laughs> swerve! I'm mad guilty. I'm mad guilty. <laughs> oh, man. So Sting defeated Vampiro after hitting the Scorpion Death Drop twice. Um, the Look, I didn't like Vampiro the first time around uh, when I was younger, like literally a kid. Because um, I just, I hated yeah. him. Sorry, what? A kid, the wrestler. I, well, no, no, not, not Billy Kidman. He's up next. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but when I was like a, a child watching this, 
um, you know, 22 years ago, um, I was, you know, I, I hated Vampiro because I'm like, oh, Vampiro sucks. You know, and you, we'll see why when we cover this period in, in detail, like what they did to Vampiro and why I thought that. Um, and this match kind of sums it up. Like Sting yeah. made him look like an absolute chump. Sting didn't look particularly great either, but it's even I was, better anyone else. I was so bloody excited when this match started because I had watched this dog shit pay-per-view and... Uh, and Sting is always like, you know, no matter how bad something is, like you can look at WWF in the eighties, the nineties, the noughties, like at WCW, like at ECW, like at AW. There's always someone you can rely on mm. who's going to throw on a good bloody match, and you can always rely on Sting. And uh, at this stage, yeah. we're about an hour and a half into this dog shit pay per view. Yeah, and I'm thinking, oh, at least Sting is going to give me something. And yep. yeah, this was not a good match. Um, I always, I I have memories when I was younger of uh, watching Nitro and Thunder of Vampiro being really good. Mm. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I I don't even know what's real anymore. <laughs> the show, the show has altered my perception of reality. <laughs> rap. This was so, and the worst part is, and here's what I. Don't mind, what really gets me at wrestling a crap match can be crap and it's fine mm. a crap match can be crap and it's dismissive yeah but when you build something when you really build something up yeah and they did uh, like like so you could have the the same identical crap match mm. and if you don't build it up no one will care and if you do build it up it'll affect the entire direction of your company we've seen it with the exploding ring yeah. AW. Yeah. Um, this match was built amazingly. Yeah. The Nitro before this match happened, Vampiro hung, hung Sting yeah. from the rafters, covered in blood, and literally swung him over the audience while he was dripping blood. It was. This should have been a balls to the wall, Barn burner. murder brawl. This someone we should have been watching this thinking someone is going to die, right? And, and I know, a, and it was over yes. in seven minutes. Yeah, that, that, this is exactly what this should have been. So do you know what it was? It was a perfectly serviceable match. It was in terms of pro wrestling, which is all about build and uh, suspension and you know and delivery. It was a catastrophe. Yeah, it was. It was. Possibly, hold on. Let me check my notes. It was definitely the worst letdown that didn't involve an actor. Look, as I said, there's a reason I didn't like Vampiro until I was an adult because I was able to see his other body of work in Lucha Underground and and everything he did down in Mexico. This was just so disappointing. Um, and it uh, that's the word it wasn't bad it was just disappointing it was like it's sting yeah and well, vampiro what, it should give it work at least it had a clean finish it is it did it yeah, is it did. the yeah. only match in the entire card that had a clean finish where it, someone didn't run in or someone didn't but see even, even though sting was part of the millionaires club he he wasn't a heel <laughs> sting. He was just sting? Was sting part of the millionaires club <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's the same way as part of the NWO. Well, he's always part of the Wolfpack, but you know, it's just like he was still the it was still Sting. You know, it's like you're never gonna boo Sting ever. Uh, never. And, uh, like, like Dara, do, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen that dynamite where um, Vampiro hangs Sting? Yes. That. That is an amazing visual. That's what uh, WDF was going for when they hung the boss man, but yeah. without being awful. Yeah. It was creepy. It was scary. It was dramatic. It was intense. It was amazing. And it all built up to a fart. It's the same thing with uh, Randy Orton and Triple H for that WrestleMania match where they had an incredible build and there's a blood feud and then they have a wrestling match with rest holds. It's like, yeah, that's, that's fundamentally, you don't, you don't do that. You know, if you're going to do this, it's a, it's a blood brawl where there's going to be intensifying. But here's the thing. I think they were told, I think, I think, I think they were told do not overshadow the main event because, and also Hulk Hogan and Billy Kidman, which is up next. <laughs> <laughs> don't uh, then now we're getting to it. Don't overshadow Hogan and Kidman. Yeah, and I think that was part of it. And then I think also don't overshadow the big the big cage match. Hey Sting, don't do anything cool. Don't Hogan, do any good. Yeah. Hogan might stumble through a table. So that so this match and I I I labor to call this thing a match um, it's probably the worst Hogan match I've ever seen in my life ever for all Kidman's efforts poor Kidman, Kidman really poor tried. Kidman he, he tried, tried was so just, hard and I've, I've read the stories um, about backstage Hogan was just not going to give Kidman anything he didn't he gave him nothing absolutely nothing. there was nothing he could do he barely sold Kidman got some offense in but not a lot Hogan battered him basically, uh, and again, it, I'm making a sound more exciting than it was. Kick punch, kick punch, leg drop. Oh yeah, kick punch. Oh, leg, this is, you know, this that is, was, was it. Seventeen minutes long. It was thirteen minutes long, but it felt like six years. That was forty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> this, this was dreadful. It was. Uh, oh, it was so bad. Dread, uh, dreadful's the word, and um, we're not using this as some kind of hyperbole. It's not. It's. It, well, it we is, WCW. Yeah, WCW is amazing, but this wasn't. This wasn't. Oh, you know what? This wasn't WCW, and I think that's the big takeaway from this show. Yeah. This wasn't WCW. This was like a parody, a farce. Then Russo's DW. Yeah, it was. It, it, it's 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 horrible because like you compare this to something even a year ago, and you're getting quality matches and you're getting really good. And even when it's bad, it's still entertaining. This was just, oh, terrible. terrible. But you know what? It goes, it goes to show the, uh, uh, pervasive level of WCW in like the, the general psyche of people that nobody on this whole show, and this whole show has been terrible, but we've seen some really good stuff. Yeah. Nobody in this whole show is as over as Hogan. No. They are screaming from the rafters. He's, he's, you, there's actually, if you watch the pay-per-view, there's actually a bit where they, they go backstage or they cut, but the, the camera stays on the screen. Mm. 
and Hogan's like dancing around the ring and <laughs> everybody's going wild for his name. Yeah. But it's the same with Nash. When Nash walks out, he's the coolest guy in the whole world. Yeah, but... They, they, like, they, 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 know who, who's, who's booking this? Well, <laughs> as I said, they, they corrupted their show to such an extent that they're burying the Unflas. And yeah. there's, there's, there's no one to get over. Like, well, Kidman that, should have been over. And he was over. We saw him be over. We saw him put consistently the best work of the shows and carrying that undercard for the better part of two years. And then when he gets the shot to go against Hogan, Hogan should have been like, all right, look. But Dara, this, this, this shouldn't be a, a matter of contention. Like, like, listen to what I'm about to tell you. The new blood <laughs> for the yield versus the millionaires club. <laughs> who, who would you say, like cleanse your mind? If I yeah. were to tell you the new blood versus the millionaires club, who would you think are the heels? I would say the millionaire club would be would be <laughs> the bad guys. Flip. What are they thinking? What? <laughs> what? what is? I mean, it books itself. It books itself. You know, it really does. If they had to just turn the volume up and just let, like, let Hulk Hogan be the biggest, you know what, in the world, where yes. he's talking down to these people, and saying how much he's seen, seen it. Fucking asshole. Exactly. And saying saying how much. Saying, Rick, they had incredible success with yeah. turning Hogan heel. Fuck yeah. it. Let's sing the heel. Let's turn sing them all the heel. suit and come out. Like, like Jesus. imagine. Imagine, right. the, imagine the promos, right? You have Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan screaming at some air hostess. You know, oh. I make more money than you. How dare you talk to me? Like that. Don't, yeah. look, don't look at me. Blah, 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 blah. You would hate them. And it's then Sting going, I used to hang about in the rafters and I'm not in the rafters anymore. And I still look down on you. Exactly. Or, you know, just like, you know, the thing writes itself. <laughs> it writes itself. And then, oh, oh, my I God. Just, it's, I, just I just, one, it's warped. It's so warped. It's so it's incredibly one warped. The, it's just one of the many, many, many reasons why WCW murdered itself. Yeah. Like, uh, it's a cool idea, but it had, they completely went. When I, when I first heard that, I didn't believe that that's what they were doing because obviously, you know, it's so obvious. It's so obvious, you know. And you think, okay, well, you know, the young guys are gonna, you know, fight for their spot and they're they're trying to rise up or whatever. And you're like, okay, cool. And it's like, no, the good guys are the millionaires. It's like, you know what? (laughs) It's like we got this. It's like a Survivor series. We have this team of SS soldiers. (laughs) And And on the other side, we have. Holocaust survivors and the Holocaust survivors <laughs> are the heels. What? Yeah, what? It's, it's it's so it's so warped. It's like what are you doing? Like I don't know. That's, uh, I don't know. It's so warped, it's like, man. Like, it's so like warped. Dara, me and you are friends, right? We are, yeah. But we're having a crack. We're having a chat. But we would also like to provide some kind of like entertaining or informative chat for the 14 people who listen to us. But when when it's something this insane, like what, what do you what do you say? What do you actually say? Because I I am here and I have one hand gripping 
the 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 cork of a bottle of wine till till my own fist breaks. And on the other hand, every time you speak, I'm sucking the head out of this Maison Malbach like my life depends on it. Because I cannot, for the life of me, understand what in the mother of God is going on in WCW. Uh, look, I just can't believe they sat around a table and said, you know what, let's let's go with this. This is There's no way this is going to look bad. And it's like the opposite of wrestling. Like, think about it, right? Stone Cold Steve Austin got over because he beat up, he lived the American dream of beating up his a-hole boss. He was the working man's hero, and he still is because he was the working man's hero. WCW look at that and go, you know what? Vince was right. <laughs> Let's <laughs> he's the real hero here. <laughs> that's what they did. That's what they did. They said, Yeah, you know what? This, the, the biggest angle of all time is yeah, they were wrong. It was really Vince that was right. And that's what they did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's oh it's crazy so <laughs> this right. this train wreck is not done yet ladies and gentlemen no we right. still have the men still have the men <laughs> like i love the way this show it just it, it gets overshadowed by this but really as a, as its own thing it's wild if, if you think this has been ridiculous up till now. It just starts. <laughs> it comes get, off the track get, completely. Get prepared for the triple tiered cage with the actor. <laughs> so, Ready to Rumble was a movie that was made in. Oh, the... was that, is that a rather <laughs> grandiose term for what it was? <laughs> well, I'm going I'm I'm to use the term that is here on Wikipedia. Ready to Rumble. Okay is a 2000 American buddy cop comedy film. Right, so that's what they call it. And basically in this uh, movie, which I'm sure everyone listening has seen, we probably will review at some point. But uh, dare we? Ah, yeah, look, it's it's not so bad. Um, But it's uh, basically, it's all about WCW. David Arquette is, uh, him and his mate are big WCW fans who think it's real for some reason. It's not a very flattering portrayal of wrestling. It really isn't. That's Um, not noisy. There's this mix between kayfabe and yeah, uh, like give me, give me one or the other. Don't. To, yeah. that, do you know what? that's actually one of the things that really annoyed me about the original Spider-Man. It's like either it's a bloody wrestling match or it's not. Exactly. It's like it can't be like, but it's weird because apparently Bischoff was supposed to be in it, but then he was uh, cancelled at the last moment. So they brought in your man who's in loads of things, but in Spider-Man. No, no, in uh, Ready to Rumble. Also, John Cena's in uh, in Ready to Rumble in the gym. Did you know that? Oh, the Macho Man is in Spider Man, and yeah, I. This is true. Him. So what, Joe? Oh, Joe Pal- Oh yeah, Joe Palioni or whatever his name. The guy who played Cipher. That's how I know him. Yeah, Cipher from the Matrix. That's gas. Wow. Going from the Matrix to uh, the Ready to Rumble. <laughs> I suppose you got to pay them bills. Um. <laughs> how, how do you how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, well, practice. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's funny when I was working as an extra. Uh, random tangent. When I was working as an extra uh, a couple of years ago, uh, we were shooting Penny Dreadful. And Ooh. Yeah, I was in. Pen- I was in Penny Dreadful. I was in the first episode. <laughs> yeah, I was in. I'm in the first episode, and I'm in the entire of se- the t- the entirety of season three. I'm in season three, like 
I'm in it pretty much every episode. Um, and because uh, I had a recorder in Paris. Ladies of Utah, I don't want to uh, <laughs> upset you, but I think our host might be uh, sexy, uh, <laughs> sexy medieval actor. Well, not medieval, but what would you call it? Oh, no, that? Victorian, that? Victorian era, I think. Yeah, Victorian yeah, era, 18th Ladies of Utah, I think our <laughs> might be a sexy Victorian actor. Well, I don't want to brag, but, uh, you know, kind of a big deal. <laughs> because he's uh, so humble. What with being a sexy Victorian actor and all. But what with you being a shower of Utah whores? You <laughs> very well send your emails directly to him and he shall... Service you subsequently, <laughs> but anyway, as I was saying, when when, he, <laughs> when we were shooting it, we were making jokes because, like, we didn't know it was going to be a big show, you know. And um, because you don't know when you're doing this kind of stuff because you don't know you're in a field, right? And you're like in the middle of nowhere. And we're like making jokes because Josh Hartnett was there, you know. And we're like, Josh Hartnett, go from Hollywood to somewhere in Kerry, you know, <laughs> how the mighty have fallen, you know. And um, that's kind of what I feel like with your man who was in the Matrix and then he ended up in Ready to Rumble. But anyway, he was playing the Eric Bischoff part. So the movie is what it is, but the big climax of the movie is this triple cage match, which to my knowledge, I don't think ever actually existed before no. the movie. I don't think it did. So correct no. me if I'm wrong. I, I genuinely don't think it existed before. I think this is the first time. Far too stupid even for WCW. <laughs> yeah, it's so contrived and makes no sense. And in the movie, it gets away with it because it's a movie. But even still, it's like it's so contrived to get there. So basically, the premise of this is the case. So they took that because David Arquette was in the movie and he became the world champion. So they brought it into reality. So the cages are so literally, folks, if you haven't seen this. The cages are stacked on top of each other and each have a roof on top of it. The bottom cage contains a ring and a trap door, which leads to the second cage, which contains various weapons and then a normal cage door to exit. Once outside the second cage, the wrestlers have to scale up on top of it to reach the turn. <laughs> it's so stupid. When you're reading it, it's just so dumb. Uh, reads the much smaller cage. The third cage, which is about the size of a storage closet, has a similar door, contains several guitars. Leading to Jeff Jarrett's signature move of breaking the guitar over the top of the opponent's head and hanging from the ceiling just above the roof of the third cage was the championship belt. The objective was the first wrestler to gain possession of the belt uh, with the winner becoming champion. So basically, you have to get to the top of the cage, get the belt, you're the champion, right? So it's a ladder match with extra steps. And... Um, <laughs> So that's basically it. It's a ladder match with extra steps. And it's the dumbest thing you will ever see. <laughs> so look, I don't know where you want to go with this, man. Obviously, Jeff Jarrett well, won. Tell this what, was... tell you what, look, we have many avenues for taking the piss out of this match. And there are many terrible things we can say about this match. But I want to say one really good thing about this match. Go on. David Arquette is a goddamn hero. I believe David... so. David Arquette was given a shitty position that he didn't want to be in. He threw himself into it wholeheartedly. He did not he, have to be there. He, he genuinely he never, didn't have to be there. He never tried to make himself out to be the hero. He never tried to... He completely played the role of a gobshite and he played it magnificently. And not only did he play it magnificently in terms of his character... When it came to taking bumps, 
David Arquette had no goddamn fear taking bumps. So this was a dreadful match. And David Arquette's entire arc has been dreadful in terms of story. But in terms of the man himself, a big pint of Guinness, a shot of Jemison, and an absolute salute to David Arquette, who uh, deserves far more credit than he gets. And I'll tell you, before anyone says anything, I would encourage everyone watching this now to watch the um, the uh, uh, documentary, You Cannot Kill David Arquette. Amazing. And you'll have an absolute newfound respect for the man. And now I, I'm going to shut up and let Dara do his thing. I would back that up 110%. Like, it's also funny because David Arquette, uh, Scream is out. The new Scream is out this weekend. So it's kind of funny that, you know. There you go. It, it all, that, that kind of bit of a delay in the show kind of helped as well, you know. It's almost like we're professionals. Uh, David, you got me, you got me plug money. Thanks. There you go. That's it. Go, go, go see Scream. I haven't seen it yet. I'm looking but forward to it. Actually. I think he might be the only... Uh, no, it's 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 unfair to say he's the only thing in this match. It's not terrible because when he Jeff Jarrett and DDP did a hell of a job, yeah, in a very very difficult atmosphere to make a a decent match. Okay, so it wasn't it wasn't great when they were in the ring, but whenever they hit the second level, they went hell for leather to make that a really decent match. In a really difficult uh, atmosphere. Like, look, Jarrett is great. He, he is. Like, you know, I, the problem with Jeff Jarrett is he didn't really find his groove until he was in TNA. You know, and that's the problem. Like, I think, you know, it's it's the Cody Rhodes syndrome all over again. You know, um, or this is the origin of the Cody Rhodes syndrome. So really, it's Jeff Jarrett. Syndrome. Cody alone, can you? No, I hate him so much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, like, it's the same kind of... This is swear to God, I'm gonna get Cody to come to your birthday. Oh, that would be so upsetting! Stupid tattoo and everything. Oh, I'm gonna do it. If he wears the mask, that would be all right, though, because that was a great gimmick. Except it's gonna be be a mask of your face. Well, at least it wouldn't be Triple H. That'd be (laughs) be (laughs) upsetting. But anyway, no, I mean, like, you know, that's what with with the Jeff Jarrett thing, you know, it's like. It, he showed up at the worst possible time because this was got the ship was sinking and it was hemorrhaging and he was there as it was going down and I you know it's unfortunate because he found his groove in TNA because it was stable enough that he was able to actually kind of find himself to be what he actually always believed himself to be which you know I, I you know like he wasn't a draw in in WWE no. really wasn't but, but look. He he might have been. It, he might have been. WCW yeah, survived. He might have been because yeah. there was, were yeah. there were several aspects of this match that if they had been like uh, recorded and used in like promotional material and stuff, they were amazing. When I mean, like Jarrett and DDP went through the side of the like they threw each other into the cage and the cage burst and the two of them like tumbled out onto the side. That was amazing. It, look, that, it was a, it was a spectacle. I think where this it, match, yeah. I think where I think where this match fell down, it wasn't the lads involved. It was when they, it was the smash. It was when they, can you? I mean, can you, This is where can you hurt himself as well? 
Yeah, so this is... Kind of so actually hurt, hurt himself here, and this is one of the, the reasons that he ended up but having look, issues. Let, let's, let's, uh, let's examine the match, Yeah, and, okay. then we, and then we do the post-match, because okay. I think they deserve to be... Uh, I think they deserve to be examined separately, and Fair. again, okay. like I was saying... Um, I think they deserve. I think they deserve to be examined separately. Right. Well, look. Well, other than other, you know, big big moments. Well, look. As I said, like the, I'm gonna let you go through the big moments that you found in a second. But I mean, like overall, as a match, the match was a mess. But it was. It was yeah. But it was a, handled with a bit more tact and a bit more care and a bit more craft. Um, it would have been a spectacle match. Like this had the potential, and it did. It did have those. Like Hell, for example, Hell in a Cell, Mankind, Undertaker is a terrible match. It's <laughs> it really is. Like it, it's it's not a match. It's five spots, right? But it's built up so well. That's to say that. Yeah. No, well, it, it genuinely like go back and watch it. I I I defy no, no, anybody. Really? Yeah, I defy anybody go to watch it and go watch it like just cold. Go in and watch it after a bad day in work or after going for a two mile run or something where you're just not in the mood and you will see through through it you'll be like that match is terrible it is a terrible terrible match but didn't matter the storyline the spectacle the impact of it the uniqueness of it the the fact that it's so historical and as you said moments have been clipped and put on. it's been broken in half exactly that kind of stuff right this had the potential to do the same thing because as you said you could take moments from this Clip it, show forever. It would be an iconic match that lives in infamy. It, now it does, and here's the thing: it it does live in infamy, but for all the wrong reasons. Because it, it this is this is the inverse. That's what this is. This is the anti Hell in a Cell match. That's what this yeah. is. The anti Hell in a Cell match. A match where all the it's the on paper it's the exact same thing. It's a big spectacle match that's built up with four or five spots, and there you go. But instead of using those four or five spots to tell a story. They do spots for the sake of it, and the story makes no sense, and it falls apart, and that's what kind of happened. So, like, I feel really bad for them because, as you said, the first what five ten minutes are a bit ugh, like first five minutes. Okay, first five minutes are unwatchable. Then they get up on top of the second cage, and it's a little bit better because they have a bit more, yeah. bit more to do, and they can kind of actually, <laughs> actually do wrestling. You know, they can actually do some storytelling up there, and they it's do. Bad that they, you know. It takes them to get up on the cage to have where, the lit, where the literal floor is chains yeah it's mad that it takes them a chain floor to have a goddamn wrestling match because yeah. like you say the preceding what is it seven minutes or so where yeah. they are in the ring are tedious beyond belief because there's no reason for them to be in the it, like there's no reason for them to be there because they're just because yeah. there's no reason like they all want to be up in the guitar room where the exactly. magic is Loading guitars are exactly, and when you have that, it removes all tension because you're like, all right, well, nothing's going to happen until they get up to that second, second ring or second platform. Well, it's like a, it's like a two out of three falls match. So yeah. if someone wins the first fall, I mean, okay, sometimes they do a two nil win, but if someone wins the first fall, nine times out of ten, you've been guaranteed you can take it easy for the next ten minutes. Yeah, exactly. It's it's it it killed all the tension pretty much out of the gate. And um you know, as a match if if the ending didn't happen the way it happened, I think it probably they probably would have got away with it. 
Well, here's 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 where I disagree with you. I think the match was nonsense, but I think it was meant to be nonsense. And I think if you're going to have nonsense, I think that ending was great. A ridiculous triple cage. Well, okay. A a Hollywood star beating uh, DDP over the head with with a guitar and then a genuinely amazing stunt from a tremendously unappreciated wrestler. Well, what but I don't, maybe, what I don't yeah, understand, what I don't, what I don't understand. Look, what you said there is right, hundred percent, not disagreeing, right? What I don't understand, and maybe you can shed some light on it, because I was, I was trying to figure it out. Why did David Arquette turn on Page? Because that's how the match ended. The match ended basically to the whole point. The, the the friendship between DDP and David Arquette was pretty much the only true line through this whole storyline. All right. Oh. And he randomly turns on Paige, hits him with the guitar, and then Jeff Jarrett wins. Now, no, Jeff I Jarrett, I don't think Jeff Jarrett was in Ready to Rumble. I, 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 I don't think he was. I think he was still in WDB at the time um, when it was being filmed. I just don't get it. I don't know why that happened or why Darren. that kind of stuff. Yeah. You're, you're wrong. Like, go on, tell David, me why. Tell David me why. Flair never turned on Paige. No, no, oh, uh, sorry. David Arquette turned on Paige. Oh, David Arquette. Yeah, David Arquette. Yeah, that's how the match ended. Well, you've you've kind of messed up my bit here because that whole thing where I was going to do like a big long intro into how David Flair is uh, still a person, even though we disagree with him and blah 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 and then at the end of it I was going to say he's not a person, he's a subhuman uh, <laughs> piece of rock but now that you've told me it's David Arquette and not David Flair, that bit has become useless so I'm going to say that um, I, in fact I'm going to tell you exactly what I think of David Arquette David Arquette was an actor who loved wrestling and they asked him to be a part of wrestling, and he eagerly agreed. And who bloody wouldn't? And fair no, no, play. No, but, no, but what I'm saying. No, 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 hold on, because wrestling wasn't too great at the time. And when wrestling didn't work out for him, when he like got rejected from wrestling, because he did become like one of the most hate. Like he loved wrestling, and he became one of the most hated people in wrestling at the time. And what did he do? He didn't like piss off and forget about it. He bloody worked his way up through the friggin' indies and he made this this uh, documentary about how much he lived, loved wrestling and he got murdered by, um, what do you call him in GCW? Nick Cage. He got murdered by Nick Cage. No, like, but I'm, no, but I'm saying is. We need whatever. Okay, I, listen, I know you have a point to make and I'm going to let you make your point in... 12 seconds, okay, 12 seconds. <laughs> All right, go on, go on, go on, go on. I think whatever valid criticisms we have, I think we need to have a, a David Arquette day. I think he deserves it. I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I think David Arquette is great, and he's proven himself to be great and be one of those figures of wrestling that deserves more respect. But what I'm saying is, in this specific instant, in this specific match, this ending... Why did David Arquette turn on Paige? Because Vince Russo told him to. 
So you, that, that's, that's what I mean. I, I think it's just a, yeah. like that's it. Yeah. I, I think that, no, that kills the no, match. Yeah, there's no logical reason. There's no like. Uh, there's no reason. No, I oh kind of figured it out. I didn't see that coming. It's it's the same. Oh my god, I didn't see that coming because like, why would my daughter shoot me? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and look, and that's it. And I think that's the biggest problem, you know, with this whole, with this whole pay per view, as, as a pay per view, um, yeah. logic goes out the window. And if they had to just Again, this match wasn't unsalvageable. This match could have been the Hell in a Cell uh, of WCW. It had all the same elements. It had all the same conditions. It just had some absolute... I think, I think the reason it wasn't... Terrible, right? I think the reason it wasn't, partly because of Vince Russo. I, I think, think only because of Vince Russo. Well, partly. Because I think partly the reason it wasn't was because... I think the wrestlers in the company knew that this it was it was over that this was the end. Mm, and maybe. yeah, maybe. One of my pieces of evidence for this is the incredible Kurt Hennig. So, at the end of this <laughs> pay-per-view, Canyon gets thrown off the cage and lands on the runway. Yeah. And let me say separately, I love the uh, the runway that's level with the. Do you like the yeah, runway? I, I, really, yeah, I like. I don't. I don't. I, I hate if WWE did it, but I really like when Impact did it, and I really like it in WCW. Oh, I love it. I, I think it's class. I yeah, get offered far more um, options for like hardcore stuff. Like you can, if you want to throw someone to the ground, you can throw someone to the ground. But also, you have this like. Uh, fourth option doesn't matter anyway so there was a huge section of the runway that was set aside for where Canyon was supposed to land and uh, all the wrestlers were <laughs> instructed not to walk there like if you go back and watch the pay-per-view they all kind of walk around it it's on the on the runway they all like either walk around it or jump over or whatever and Kurt Hennig because he is such an absolute master wanker. During his match, he would like a... Who did Kurt Hennig fight? Meat. Meat. Multiple times he grabbed Meat on the runway and held him up as if he was about to slam him directly <laughs> up to, onto <laughs> Canyon's like, uh, crash pad. And then at the last minute, he turned around and threw him to the side. Oh, if if we can get nothing else from this awful pay-per-view, we can get the fact that Kurt Hennig was a wonderful person and a wonderful wrestler. Well, look, you know, the thing about this, sorry, I went on a Sean Stasiak uh, Googling there and I forgot that Pretty Mean <laughs> Sisters was a was a gimmick and he was the boy toy for that group and Pretty Mean Sisters had Terry Reynolds, Jacqueline and Ryan Shamrock and I'm like I can't believe this is this is a thing that happened um, but yeah look I can't <laughs> look it says so much that Sean Sazyak was on this show with Kurt Hennig it, uh, the whole show man like I would say look folks if you haven't seen it I don't know how you listen to a two hour podcast about it fair play 
And, but if you did see it, or if you, if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. Because I'd say the whole show is one of those things where, like, it's worth to watch and then compare it to one of the earlier shows. And it, you really kind of see, when people talk about the death of WCW, this kind of sums up a lot of it. It's, the, it's, it's a lot of the problems. It's the matches make no sense. The booking is insanity the storylines are the opposite of what what you think they'd be any opportunity they have to do better they do the opposite of as in like the triple cage match could have been the thing that saved wcw but i think everyone as you said everyone there knew this was the end and this wasn't going to work because there's no belief in it when i'm watching this show when i was watching this show and yeah we watched the show like what three hours ago um at no point was i like everyone there believes what they're doing and they're giving the best they can they can't tony shivani and Poor Mike Tanay is in the back trying to do the best that he can. And he's giving it all. And Tony Schiavone's giving it all. But then you have your man screaming about, uh, what did he call them? It's a, it's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bucket of crabs. Oh, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's a bucket of crabs. It's so bad. It's so bad. And, you know, I would say, you know, as, as we do, because we will pick up the timeline again. Um, in the near future, because uh, we're probably gonna re- reset and go back to maybe early two thousands or ninety eight yeah. or something like that when we do go back to WCW. But um, this is this is definitely when it's on the way down, and it does. Oh. It is another year or so left. So th- this was May seventh, two thousand. So there's about just over a year left to WCW, and it's, it doesn't uh, get better. It doesn't get better. It's like when. When you've fallen out with all your friends, and you're so lonely, and you, you've gotten almost used to loneliness, and you end up doing something so bizarre, yeah. so strange, like no actual person would do it, but you end up doing it, and you can't even remember that you actually did it. It's like that. Yeah. No, it's 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 it, 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 it's a last gasp attempt to kind of for relevancy, and it just it makes all the wrong decisions. But look, I hope you guys have enjoyed this extended edition of the rewind. It's uh, it's probably I think it's our longest show, Martin, that we've done in a while. That's our have we put a lot of bloody effort into we, it? We did. We put a lot of effort into it. Next week we're going to look at either the Royal Rumble from two thousand or two thousand and one, depending if Dave's on the show. And then the week after, it's the Royal Rumble. We should be back to normal as soon as I get a new computer. And uh, as soon as Martin gets a new computer <laughs> after today. Um, Martin, is there anyone, anyone to plug for? Uh, full disclosure, Martin uh, uh, may, may have killed his computer. So, rip. I uh, Full disclosure, I want to plug two things. The first thing I want to plug is... Dave. Dave. Hashtag save Dave. I love Dara. I cherish Dara. I genuinely see him as a as a muse, but um, nothing has uh, Dave is my whole reason for being. That is fair. Hashtag save Dave. Uh, um, Dave is not here. He's not here. He should be here. I reach my uh, final form, and the, <laughs> the entire world shall be destroyed. That is fair, guys. If you enjoy what we do here, please. No. Secondarily, Dara, I had another point. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. We bloody should. Um, but now I can't remember what my second point was. You've you've made a fool out of me, Dara. You've made a fool out of me. Uh, 
AEW was great. Watch AEW. That okay? Uh, that yeah. works. There we go. I think that works. Because uh, <laughs> if you like what we do here, please like and subscribe. Check out the True Penny channel, Near to Know Media, Phoenix thirty two point five FM, and of course, if you want to email us, you can WV. Uh, no, Near to Know Media at gmail.com. We will have a have an email in the new year when I get a new computer. But from Martin, from myself, from Dave, we'll talk to you next week here on the Wrestling Rewind. Bye, guys. Dave Arlett. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 